So this is episode three of the Auto Disruptor audio experience, and uh, I'm your host, Josh Mitchell, and I've got a special guest, a mentor, and extremely great friend of mine, Frank J. Lopes. Frank, how are you today, sir? My man, Josh, what's happening? Doing great, sir. Doing great. Hey, hey I'm, I'm about to go a little sideways over here for a second because, you know, you started the, you started the broadcast and you said episode three. I, I thought I was episode one. You're the first guest. I'm the first guest. All right. All right. I've been, I'll, I've been okay. On my own, so, all right. All right. Uh, I'll let you. All of you. First guest. All right. Uh, if you've been flying solo, if you've been flying solo on the last, I uh, know on episodes one and two, then that's fine. So this is the real episode number one this with is a guest. Episode number one. So Asterisk with a guest. Uh, extension of uh, the Auto Disruptor show that I do on YouTube and that I've been doing on Facebook and uh, kind of the Auto Disruptor name. And so we went with the audio experience because some people can't watch me. So um, it's easier to watch some people or listen to people in the car. So we decided that it would be easier, obviously, to get guests on this, mm-hmm. doing it this way, because you can't fly out here very often. And so it makes it a lot easier for us to have guests on the show and, and kind of go that route. I hear the FAA is actually discussing um, tracking my flights now and my flight behavior because they realize the amount of people that are falling asleep on the plane. And Interesting, man. Yeah, they're trying to, from what I understand, they're trying to work something out with the airlines to have like, you know how they have like a red eye flight, right? Well, they want to have like an insomniac flight now so that (laughs) if anybody's got a problem with insomnia, they can, you know, they can charge them a premium. I don't know if I'm going to get any money out of that. I got to talk. You should at least get your logo on the plane. At least, at least get my logo on the plane. You know, um, uh, what's his name's got a plane uh, named after him. Right. Yeah. Um, why, not why not? Why not me? I mean, sports teams like, you know, like Real Madrid has their own plane, you know, through Emirates. No. Yep. Why in the world can't there be a get more Frank plane or an enter Sandman plane? I, I, I see no problem with this. I think, I, and I, you know, you can definitely help uh, Metallica sell more albums. I don't think they need any more help, but hey, man, flow power <laughs> to everybody, right? Exactly. <laughs> and it's, it's funny because, um, how did this, that's, you know, the whole story with you taking pictures of people sleeping next to you, how did this all come about? It, it, kind of, it's a weird story because you're taking, you have, now you have random people that are getting ready to come to conferences like Digital Dealer or NADA, snapping pictures of people sleeping next to them. I want to show creepy. That, okay. You think that's creepy. <laughs> I want to, I want to show you something that's really fucked up. Uh, look, so, so today I get a text, okay? So I'm going to show you on the phone. So I get a text. Look at the top of the look at the top of the phone. You see, it's just a random number, right? Random number. So I have no idea who that is. So obviously, my cell phone number is on social, right? Yes. But like, I do not know who that is. And look at what the the text Frank is. Lopes effect. And just a picture of this person's obviously this family, this person's family sleeping. I think we need to hashtag this something. So it's gotten to the point now of where people are just randomly sending me direct pictures, like texting me pictures of people asleep on planes, some staged, obviously. And uh, like, like, I think that one's obviously staged. That might be a little staged there. And, and, and some not. So it's, so it started about a year ago. I was on a flight. Um, I was on a flight back from, I believe it was, it was either Vegas 
um, it was either Vegas or Dallas. I don't remember hundred percent, but I was on a flight back and um, there was no Wi-Fi on the plane. Right. So we're talking, we're talking like a four or five hour flight. No <laughs> wife, no Wi-Fi on the plane, right? Plane takes off. Oh, sorry. The Wi-Fi doesn't work. Okay. No problem. You know, so I start talking to the guy next to me, right? Like, like normal, right? I start talking to him and we're talking back and forth. I don't remember the, I don't remember the, the topic of what we were talking about, but while I'm in the middle of talking, I look, you know, I look like forward for a second. I look down, I'm talking. And then I got, I pick my head back up. I look over and the guy next to me is, he's fucking asleep. Right? <laughs> so I said to myself, Holy shit. Oh my God. Am I that boring that I actually can't keep someone awake? Well, like I can't keep them you know, yeah. awake on a plane. So then all the craziness in my head starts like, oh my God, how in the world? Uh, I, I got to be a really shitty keynote speaker if I can't even keep one. How am I going to keep a thousand people engaged for 50 minutes, but I can't keep one fucker next to me, uh, you know, awake, awake. Um, awake for 10, right? <laughs> so, you know, so about 10, so the guy is sleeping about 10 minutes into the flight, the Wi-Fi comes back on, Right. And they're like, oh, the Wi-Fi's on. And I'm like, oh, this is great. So I take a picture of the guy and I'm going to post, I am so pathetic, right? I'm so damn pathetic that I can't keep somebody, uh, I can't keep someone engaged in conversation for more than 10 minutes. This guy fell asleep on me, okay? So I go and I, um, I, go and I, I put it up. The Wi-Fi is on long enough, basically, just for me to put that up. And it goes off again, okay? So I'm like, oh, great. Now I'm stuck here again, right? I'm stuck by myself again. Can't do any, no, no Wi-Fi. Can't do any work, can't do anything. nothing, right? Okay. Land, as soon as you land, you know, the, the, your phone goes nuts because it reconnects to the mm-hmm. cellular network again. Phone goes nuts. And I look and it's like a hundred likes, like 50 comments, like, and it's all me making fun of myself, right? <laughs> so, okay, fine. So I, I winds up that, you know, story continues to where, I have a, a, I go on an, on another trip. I go on another flight like two days later. Okay. And the guy next to me on that flight, he falls asleep and we didn't even take off yet. Right. So I, so I go bang, I snap, you know, snap a picture, put it up, got Wi-Fi the whole time. And I'm noticing at how me, you know, the act of, I don't want, I don't want to say, and this, obviously this was by mistake, right? So yeah. the, the act of like humbleness of like, look at how pathetic I am. Right. Or, um, you know, or I guess that's somewhat being a masochist too. Right. So, uh, you know, of that, of how engaging that is of how real, like it shows like how real it is. Right. Yeah. Like it shows that like, Oh my God, I'm so pathetic. It's not like, you know, th- this isn't a post of me, like, you know, taking a selfie over here, like, uh, that or some stupid, oh, yeah. shit, right? You know, it, it, you know, it, it, some muscle head selfie or something like that. It, it's like, look, look at how bad I suck that I can't even keep this fucking guy awake, you know. So that led me to a whole thing about being genuine online and about being genuine on on social. And then it just kept it kept going to where now I notice that like, oh, you know, like nine times out of ten, the person next to me falls asleep, right? Yeah. So I'm just continuing the joke. That's all yeah. it is. You know? all. It's all. And it's not, I've been accused of making fun of the person next to me for falling asleep to where immediately, like, I don't even have to defend myself. Just, you know, someone else just chimes in like, what are you dumb? He's not making fun of the person who's falling asleep. He was making fun of himself that he can't keep the guy awake. Keep him awake. You know, to the point of where other people are staging 
sleep-ins, right? Or Sandman's, Sandman seat Sandman. Sandman seatmates. They're, they're staging Sandman seatmates and putting them in and tagging me, you know? Um, and it was funny because even so once I was on a flight from Chicago, Chicago back to Jersey and the guy next to me talked to me the whole way. Right. And then as soon as he, as soon as the plane landed, I said, okay, dude, I got to show you something. And I took my phone and I showed him the thing. I was like, I need to take a picture of you. You, because you're the only one that made it. Yeah. You're the only one who made it. You know, I put that up and that got an even better response. So the whole Sandman seatmate thing has like taken on a complete life of its own. And if anybody wants to, you know, look, if you want to make fun of me for taking or or say that I'm an asshole for taking pictures of people that are sleeping on planes, I mean, go ahead. People hate me for fucking worse shit than that, that they make (laughs) up. So may as well jump on that bandwagon too. Exactly. Um, But I mean, the lesson in there is like, you know, is like, like be genuine be genuine on social, you know, put yourself out there, put yourself into the, you know, into a vulnerable position, put yourself into a thing of being real because people will relate with that so much more than the, you know, so much more than the, you know, selfie yeah. shit. You know? It's the authenticity. You yeah. Know, you're authentic. And yeah, I think that it's gotten lost in, you know, there's a lot of people that talk about getting involved in social media from, from Gary Vaynerchuk to, to, to Cardone to, I mean, pretty much anybody out there who is mm-hmm. talking any type of social, they want everyone to get out there and do these certain things. And I think it gets lost in a lot of people that they try to be something that they're really not. Yeah. And then it's, it backfires on you because if you, if you act like you're this, you know, Billy badass and the reality is, is that you're not eventually that's going to catch up with you. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people just try to put this fake fakeness in it. Yeah. Uh, Cause they, they don't, some of them don't like the real them. That's problem. <sighs> and that's, that's is the problem. Like I know I'm an asshole and I'm good with that. And I, look, I'm an asshole when it comes to a lot of things too, but yeah. I'm not going to put a picture up of a Ferrari when, you know, of a Ferrari that I rent for a day or something like that. Exactly. And I'm, and I'm not going to go to the bank and, you know, I'm not going to go to the bank and empty my bank account in hundreds and then take it and spread it all over my bed. Exactly. You know what I mean? Or, or something like that. Cause, because nobody does that. Like, like that's really the bottom line. Like nobody, nobody. Instagram and that. Pinterest world. It works. It, 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 yeah. But does it? I think the, I think the real thing is, is, you know, maybe it did for a short period of time, exactly. you know, but I think that, I think that whole element of, you know, it works on Pinterest or it works on Instagram. It, it, fake it till you make it only lasts so long. Exactly. You know, there's got to be some content behind there. There's got to be some realness. There's got to be some meat on the bone for somebody so, to chew on. To go with that segue, um, you know, me and you have had a lot of conversations about why buys and, and value adds uh, to dealerships on their online presence uh, from their website to what they actually believe. Mm-hmm. And, that goes along with that fakeness because you know, when you're talking to a dealer and, and you and I talk to a lot of dealerships and there's a, a fakeness when, when they, when you ask them, why is, why buy from you? Or there's this genericness that happens. And some of them, you know, I did a video a long time ago about um, your website matching your, your actual presence at, at the dealership like the showroom visit, how it should be. And I mentioned that if, if your website's a clusterfuck and when they enter your showroom, it's a clusterfuck, 
well, you're doing something. It's wrong. Yeah, but at least you're not fake. But at least you're not fake. Like it, it's it, it's just a complete clusterfuck of an experience from top to bottom, from your website to to how you treat your customers on the phone to how you treat them once they reach your actual dealership. And and so it's a very difficult thing when you ask dealerships around why buy from you. You get generic responses like low low prices, which mm-hmm. is okay. Everybody says that. We've been here for 50 years. Okay. Nobody cares. Nobody gives a fuck. Mm-hmm. So does that mean you're going to be here for 50 more? Um, who knows? We got 500 cars and stuff. I'm sorry. Southern is the Southern is the accent that I use whenever this conversation comes up. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. It's also, I get it. It's also the best. It's also like the only accent I can really do. So it's my go-to all the time. Yeah. You know? Maybe I'll have to come up with like a Canadian or French one or something like that. I don't know, but you well, know. my wife makes fun of me when I try to do some some type of impersonation, and then I come up sounding like I'm, you know, from India. So you, you I don't should try. Any. You should try to. You should try to learn Jersey. Jersey? No, I'm yeah. good. You sure? I'm good. One day I'll maybe learn. If I'm around you a little bit longer, it might start to come out. I don't know. Maybe one day I'll learn how to do it because every <laughs> <laughs> I don't, a lot of people don't have no idea that I'm, you know, that I'm from Jersey. Yeah. No, so they say, but um, yeah, so all of those things that, that you just talked about, like those are not guys like, like, let's be real with each other. You know, the fact that you've been in business for 50 years or the fact that you got 500 cars in stock or the fact of, you know, you got fucking Starbucks in the, you know, you got Starbucks and Wi-Fi in the, in the waiting room in the service department, you know, either a, it's a, nobody gives a fuck type of thing mm-hmm. or B it's a, and like really, yeah. like it's an and, like it, like it's kind of expected. So, you know, th- think about it. Like, if you had to, number one, if you went to a, if you went to an automobile dealership for service and you had to wait, number one, you'd be pissed off, right? So, yeah. you know, so because now you're just burning time while you're sitting there. So, mm-hmm. if you go and you sat there and you grabbed your phone, right, and you went or or your laptop and you went to connect to the Wi-Fi and there was no Wi-Fi, your head would explode. Be- why? Because you got Wi-Fi everywhere. Yeah, you everywhere. would. Uh, Everywhere, you would honestly expect that there would be Wi-Fi in the waiting room, in the uh, you know waiting room in the car dealership. I mean, look at the story I said before about you know about the Sandman sleep, you know, the Sandman seatmate thing. You know, there was no Wi-Fi on the plane. Like, I, I think there were three people in the back that were ready to like set the plane on fire because there was no Wi-Fi. <laughs> you know, so so of course you know we even expected it when we fly. Yeah. So how in the world is having Wi-Fi in the service waiting room, how is that a benefit? Or how is that a like, okay, I should give you $40,000 or I should give you $60,000 for this, for this new Tahoe or this new Explorer because you got Wi-Fi in your, in your, you know, in your waiting room. It's like. Most of the cars have Wi-Fi in them now. So it's not even. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like if that's not a cock and balls reason to, to, you know, to, to tell someone that they should buy a car from you, I, I, I can't think of one. So it's very important that, it's very important that dealers actually figure out the reason why somebody should buy a car from them and realize that their why buy message and their added value message are two completely separate messages. Mm -hmm. They're two totally different things. One of them has a monetary value that can be placed on it. Right. So like, for example, um, you know, if you want to talk about the Starbucks coffee, fine, whatever, nobody gives a shit. But, you know, like if you have, um, if you do oil changes for free, right, for a year, two years, for life, whatever, that has a monetary value, you know? Yeah. 
if you uh, give loaner cars whenever somebody comes in for service. That has a monetary and a convenience value, you know, attached to it. But it really has a monetary value because the customer doesn't have to get an Uber. The customer doesn't have to arrange for a ride, ask for a favor from somebody, rent a car, right? So so that's one. If you wash a customer's car every time they come in for service, all of those type of tangible monetary things that somebody would have to pay money for on the outside to take care of on their car, those go into an added value message because there's value placed on them, right? Exactly. Your why buy are all of the are all of the non-monetary but yet still tangible benefits. Like for example, you make things easy when they you tell people that you're going to make it easy when they come in, that you're going to make it you know, you're going to make the shopping experience very, very simple. You know, you're telling them that any promises that they make that they're going to honor, even even if it's a promise that goes against them. So if they if you misquote a price or something like that, you're going to honor it. That's where you're going to say that your word means more than profit. Exactly. And that all of that stuff is going to be frank with you. It is all to try. The whole idea with the why buy is to try to eliminate the scumbag factor that still exists in the automobile business. Okay. And why do you think that it's still there? Why do you think the scumbag thing is still there? Well, look, number one, the scumbag, the scumbag thing was built not over a year or two years or by one guy or five guys or something. It was built by a complete and entire industry over an extended period of time. All right. Mm-hmm. And some guys I know right now, there's some people that are watching this that are or listening to this that are going, oh, that's not true. I'm not a scumbag. I was good. I'm good. To- yeah. OK. Yeah, you are. OK. But there's another 15,000 of you out there that weren't. And exactly. if you don't and if you don't believe me, OK, if you don't believe me or you say I'm, I'm trying to shit on car dealers, which I am not in any way, shape or form, you know, I, I, all I'm doing is stating a fact. Give me, you know, any I challenge anyone. Give me one, one, just one instance in popular culture from the 60s or from the 50s or 60s up to today, okay, where in a popular culture mass type of view where car dealers are put in a good light or a car dealer is put in a car dealership or buying a car, the process is put in a light, right, that is positive, yeah, you can't. You can't. Because I mean, you've, you've got whole, you've got movies that were designed like suckers. Yeah, you've got uh, movies like cars. suckers. You just had this car dogs movie, right? Or dogs. There were a whole bunch of scenes in there where the dealership was put out to look like, you know, to look like they were like vultures attacking, uh, you know, attacking customers. You know, there's there's multiple episodes of Seinfeld where, you know, there was something I had to do with the car dealership. I can think of the one where Jerry wanted to buy a car from Elaine's uh, boyfriend at the time, Putty. Right. And everything was going well. He was going to get the inside price and and all that type of stuff. And then George fucked the whole thing up. And then all of it it was I don't remember exactly what George did. I remember him shaking the uh, vending machine or something, trying to get like a Kit Kat bar out or something like that. Um, But and then after that, then Putty pulled everything back. Right. And this is like a lane. This is like your inside friend. Like this is your buddy, and he yeah. still stuck it. You know, he still stuck it to uh, to Jerry anyway. Yep. Right. So it, it just doesn't exist. So that's why the why buy message has to focus on eliminating the scumbag factor. It's it, it's almost like all of the things that you that 
if I hate to say this, but it's the analogy. I'm going to fucking say it. So if you're, <laughs> if, if you're a guy, it's the guy in the bar who goes up to the pretty girl, right? That the girl and the guy both know what the guy's going after. Okay. But he's going to walk up and he's not going to tell her that he's going to walk up and he's going to say that he's the best guy in the world. And he's this, yep. and his, you know what I mean? And he's this and that. And he like loves puppies and, you know, and all that type of shit. You know, yeah. and you know what? And maybe the guy's, maybe the guy's intentions, maybe he just wants to meet a nice girl and that's it. But he's a guy in a bar and of course, what's it going to, what's the girl going to think? Oh, this guy's just sure. trying to pick me up. Cause he just, you know, cause he just wants what he wants and that's it. Yet the guy could be like Prince Charming. He could be the best guy in the world. No matter what, both of them, whether the guy's going to be a scumbag or the guy's going to be a prince, they both have to say the same thing. Exactly. Now, now here's where what you were saying comes into comes into effect, right? Of where if you say that the process is going to be simple, you got to make the process simple. If you say that you're going to be trustworthy and that you're going to stand behind everything that you say, even if it works against you, you have to actually do it, yeah. right? There's exactly. a reason, like there's a reason why Walmart's website does not look like Nordstrom's website, you know, exactly. because Nordstrom can't hold up. You know, Nordstrom cannot hold up the, the same type of image. Yep. So you can't do that either. You can't paint one picture of how everything is going to be rosy and nice and it's going to be easy and you're going to come in and sit back and we're going to bring you the car. Or, or you can't say that you have like shop at home service or something and then the customer calls up, calls the BDC and it's like, okay, when can you bring the car to my house? Oh, we don't do that. When can you come in? Like, yeah, it's just, it's a complete disconnect. Yeah, everything like that you, you said online, and that's where you know where consumers are shopping. That's why you get eliminated very quickly. Like, first off, they've narrowed it down, and then they they've actually made that that call, which is a, a huge leap for a consumer to make that sure. call to us. And then everything we said, all the reviews online go to shit mm-hmm. because what we said we would do online, we won't actually do it. That's that's one of the biggest it's one of the biggest mistakes and biggest problems that I see in dealerships all the time. That's why I'm also very big on point of purchase material yeah. and point mm-hmm. of sale material. You know, yeah. think about it as basic as you can get it. If you see if you get an email or you see on TV or you get something on Facebook, right, and it says Macy's one day sale with the red star and all that kind of stuff, right? You go and you walk into a Macy's. What do you see as soon as you walk in the door? One day sale, you see the big star, you see everything, right? So the perception that that Macy's built, that they're having a sale, one day sale, now you walk in, it's actually happening, right? Yeah. Nordstrom's another example. They have these half yearly sales, right? You get an email, half yearly sale. You walk in, half yearly sale, right? A car dealership sends out an email blast, you know, end of the month blowout. You walk in and it looks exactly the same way that it did on June 3rd. You know, well, we'd say we're going to have a tent sale or we're having our big tent sale. A big tent sale with means, no fucking tent. Which means we just have tents out, but there's, there's nothing on sale under the tent. Yeah, oh, I've no seen sales. Just we have tents. I've seen tent sales with a fucking 10 by 10 pop-up. Oh, we'll just put a 10 by 10 pop-up up. Just say we're having a tent sale. Okay. That's Yeah. Okay. Sherlock. Like amazing. That's going to fucking work. Yeah. Like great. Good. Great. We're going to drive by that. We have tents. Yeah. Or are you selling tent? Are you trying to sell that ten by ten tent? Or are you trying to sell some cars? Because you you better put some value out there. Exactly. You know. And I think with with the the why buy and the value add and, and everything that goes online, um, you have to have a common message. And I think that's the most difficult part for dealerships 
is when you ask them the question, the why by, they have no fucking clue. Like they're, they're completely, they don't know why. And, and then they come up with bullshit responses on why. And, and I know you, you have to deal with this from time to time uh, with dealers because you, you do an amazing job um, in your actual business when you're not putting people to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I try. You, you actually, you know, you, you build this stuff for people. And I, I, I have to say it's probably maddening sometimes when you ask this, when we're trying to figure this out of the, the message that they want to send and they don't know. They want uh, I, someone to do it for them. Yeah, I've actually gotten to the point, honestly, Josh, where I've reverse engineered that. And yeah. I realized that if I go in and if I ask, a lot of times it's too hard. Right? Yeah. It, 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 and uh, once again, I'm not calling the dealer stupid or putting them down or anything because it is really hard. It is. It's not a question. Yeah, so it's a gut check. What, it's a gut the check. Reason? Yeah, so instead what I do is I build – the why by message and the added value message. I build them for the dealer, bring mm-hmm. them in. We discuss them, right? We discuss yep. them and say, look, this is what customers are looking for today. Exactly. Okay. This is what we have to do to our process, or this is what we have to do as a change, as an added value. This is what we have to start to do from this point forward. Right. But everybody's got to buy into it. Like it has to be 100% buy in from the top to bottom. The Macy's one day sales star. It's got to be on, you know, it has to be like on every single email. It's mm-hmm. got to be, uh, you know, on every e blast. It's got to be on all the templates in the CRM. It's got to be on all the printouts, um, you know, in, in the desking software. It's got to be anywhere and everywhere. Every customer touch point, every salesperson's desk. Every customer's touch point has to have this reinforced exactly. so that the, the perception that you built online, that somebody's going to get the VIP program when they come in, when they come in the dealership, they have to see the VIP program. And then eventually it'll turn into customers coming in saying, oh, I, I have, a, I get the VIP, right? Like I get, I get this VIP, I get the oil changes and everything. And you got, and you have to say yes. Exactly. And, and if somebody doesn't ask for it, you can't hide it. You have to actually put it, you know, you have to actually put it out there and and make it a part of the process. And I can't say it enough times. You cannot let the why buy message and the added value message get mashed together. You know, you you can't do it because it'll just create a complete mess. The two thoughts are completely independent. When you put them together in the sales process, now they work, you know? Now it works. It's like peanut butter and jelly. You know, like a peanut butter sandwich by itself is okay, right? A jelly sandwich by it's okay by itself is you know it's kind of okay, right? But when you take peanut butter and jelly and you put them together on some Wonder Bread, right? Now you're talking about heaven. Yeah. Right. But there's nothing more. But but at the same time, there's nothing that's there's nothing that's more gross than a can of goober after you've used it once or twice and you look inside, it's like just a mash of, yeah, you know what I mean? So like I said, keep the two separate, put them together in the process because you're looking for a certain result. And that result is your peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Can't make it no simpler than that guys. I mean, exactly. I mean, it's, and, and I think that's what a lot of dealerships need to hear. I think we overcomplicate a lot of different things. Um, from from our, our digital presence to our social presence to everything, we just I try to overcomplicate everything. Mm-hmm. That we need to step back and just try to make it as easy as we possibly can, 
and understand that it's one step at a time. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Right. And I exactly. think sometimes we try to say, well, all of our digital is just fucked up. So we got to fix it all. Like, okay, that's going to take some time. Well, no, we need it done tomorrow. Well, sorry. It's just, it's, it didn't get here overnight. You ain't going to get fixed overnight. And so I think a lot of dealerships, you know, obviously need to take that advice and just remember that this is going to take time. It's going to take a lot of thought and a lot of people. You need to get a lot of people involved because what you may think as, as a dealer or sales manager or digital manager uh, is, is kind of the process and how the store actually operates may be different from what your top sales guy or your salesman actually think. Because you may think that everything's culture and, and just everything's just this great culture inside the dealership. And really the reality is, is that it's just a cluster of fuck. So, what you said is a hundred hundred percent right. And let me, uh, let me share this. Uh, let me share this little point as well. Mm-hmm. The, you know, like, like you said before, like everybody says like, Oh, my digital's all fucked up. I got blah, 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 blah. Right. Th- this it's because everybody's looking for some kind of stupid silver bullet, you know. Everybody's exactly. looking for some type of thing, like there's one widget or there's one one trade tool or there's one widget or there's one. Th- there is no one thing that's going to fix your digital. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like it just it just it just doesn't exist because if you don't have the proper content in your digital, it's the same thing like your traditional. If your newspaper ad had shitty prices in it and didn't have a real reason to buy, nobody was going to read it and nobody was going to come in. It's the exact same, you know, yeah. it's the exact same thing. The only thing we did was we went from printed paper to this thing. Exactly. That's it. We just changed the vehicle, but we're still people and we still react to the same type of things. Yeah. So like, let's go back to why buy an added value message, Right. If you take those items and you don't make them front and center on your website to when a customer lands, whatever page they're going to land on, right, when they come in from Google. So whether it's the home page, whether it's a, a search results page, whether it's a landing page that you build, that added value message and that why buy message needs to be front and center before anything else. Because the fact that you have 500 or 1,000 or 2,000 cars in stock, it's only going to take you so far. The exactly. fact that you go in and you whore every single car that you have at 1,000 behind invoice, guess what? That's only going to take you so far. Because you may want to, you can whore that car out 2,000 behind. At the same time, if somebody looks at your site and calls your fucking competitor down the street and they say, hey, whore Mount Motors down there, they have the car for 29.9. If it's 3,000 behind, you know, the customer doesn't know that. But if they say, hey, they have the car for 29.9, will you beat, you know, will you beat it? What's the, what's the answer? Well, when can you come in? Sure, we can beat that, no problem. So it doesn't matter how far behind you, you go, you're going to get, you're, you're going to lose. Exactly. You're not, you're going to lose more than you win. Yeah. And so your competitor is just going to grab hold of that and make money every once in a while where, and take a loser every once in a while to beat your ass. That's right. So, you know, you got to put the, you got to put the why buy and you got to put the added value message ahead of everything else on the site. That has got to be your go-to because, you know, like there's also a big thing and I get a lot of slack for this, right? I get a lot of slack for what I just said. And I get a lot of slack, especially from OEMs, 
about rearranging the top line navigation on your website and putting oh. about us first. Yep. Right. So top to bottom, left to right, instead of having new inventory there, no, fuck that. Put about us. And under that about us, the first thing is why buy here or why buy from Paul Miller or why buy, you know, and then yep. under that extras you get extras mm -hmm. you get here, right? Put those things mm -hmm. in front of the customer because they're going to look, they're going to find the inventory they're yep. going to, right? So, and there's only so and by putting your message first, you're not hiding the inventory. I mean, trying to hide the inventory on a card, on a, on a website, from the customer is like trying to hide crack from a crackhead. Like, yeah, it ain't gonna happen. Crack, you know, it ain't gonna happen. Crackhead's gonna find a crack, right? Yeah. Or like trying to hide your money when you got a crackhead living in your house. Well, guess what? They're gonna go through your shit and they're gonna find they're your gonna money find and money. go buy crack, right? That's just the way it is. So the customer is going to find the inventory, especially when you have a big search bar immediately underneath your top line navigation. And then a little bit down on the left hand side, you have a big you know, you have a big model selector to look at inventory. And especially when the, the item that's after the about us is new cars. I mean, it, like it's right there. Right. That doesn't hurt anything. But, no. but at the same time, take your about us, go ahead and, or, and leave it where it is on 99% of automobile dealership websites. Leave it where it is, which is the thing, all the item, all the way to the right. Okay. And see how many people see it. When that's, when that's your message, that's your best play. That's the exactly. best thing that you have. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? It makes no sense whatsoever. OEM guys hate that I say to do that. You know, every single dealership, and we're into triple-digit triple digit number of dealerships that I've done that with, not one has seen a decrease in inventory searches. Not one has seen a decrease mm -hmm. in VDP views. And as a matter of fact, every one of them actually saw an increase in both of those things and a minimum of a 5% lift, right? Just from that, a minimum of a 5% lift in appointment set ratio yep. on their website. Why? Because they put their message first. They started to build a reason as to why the customer should make an appointment and even come in. Yeah, because it's it's what differentiates you from them going to another Ford dealership that's 18 miles from you or the Chevy dealership that's six miles away from you? What differentiates you? I mean, consumers are going to go to where they need to go because that's where they feel the most comfortable. And mm -hmm. so if if you have a Ford site that is a dealer.com site and it looks just like the other Ford dealership site that's a dealer.com site, they don't even – some of them will get confused and think that they're on your site and they're on the other side. And yeah. so if you're not going to differentiate yourself, um, you know, and you're going with the price game, which is a, a extremely tough game to play mm -hmm. because you eventually you bottom out and you're going to lose somewhere right. and you're not making gross. So your, your sales staff who are paid off gross, uh, your sales managers that are paid off gross. If you've, you've sliced gross, to where you're not making anything, um, it's just a domino effect of a lot more than just, you know, your consumers. Um, yeah, you're going to sell some cars. You're not going to make any money. Your salespeople are going to be unhappy. They're going to treat customers bad. You're going to get bad reviews. You're going to, and the list goes on and on from that point.
Yeah, and then the cancer spreads. Then the exactly. cancer starts and the cancer spreads. You, t- you take a group, you put a dealer, a general manager, a couple of sales managers, and a bunch of salespeople all in a room that, in- that aren't, and none of them are making any money. What do you think the conversation is going to be about? Oh, yeah. Right? It, it's the, it's going to be horrible. You're going to be in there for five minutes want to kill yourself, you exactly. know, if you're hanging around with guys like that that aren't making any money. And then so, yeah. your culture suffers when you have turnover like that and you have toxic and it's not really that they're toxic people, but they're in a toxic environment that has caused some negativity to build and build and build. And once you have negativity and, and, and it continues to talk about and you have sales managers, salesmen, and everybody's talking about the negative ways and, and it just sucks for us, then eventually that's our reality is mm-hmm. that it actually sucks. Like, and to build out of that is such a, an uphill climb to build out of a, a bad culture in a culture that's changed due to the facts of, of just, you know, disruption inside of an organization where managers and, and, and salespeople just a constant turnover. Um, and your customers are going to notice this. And I think that's what a lot of dealerships that have had that constant turnover, their, their customers aren't as loyal because they don't know if, if Rick is going to be there next month or next year or five years. And so it makes that, you know, when, so when they're back in the market, they're not looking at, at that dealership again because, well, Rick is over across the street now or, or Rick, I don't know if Rick was in the business anymore because Rick didn't follow up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so then you don't have that loyalty anymore. And so then they go to the next best price. And, and, and then all it is, is all it is is a lot more of what it is right now to where it's just a transactional type of relationship. Exactly. And, and look, we all have, I think it's getting to the point now where we're all starting to realize this. A lot of people are talking about it a lot more now, more than ever. Me being one of them is that if we don't transition from this being a transactional type of business back to a relationship type of business, there is somebody else who is going to show up if they're not, if they haven't shown up already, there is someone else who is going to show up who is going to do the transactional part better than we do now and going to add a lot of extra benefits to that transaction, right? And they're going to smush the people that are currently in existence. They're going to smash them like fucking bugs on the sidewalk. Exactly. That's what's going to wind up happening. And if you don't think so, look behind you and look at history and look at what's been going on. Mm-hmm. You know, if that's just the evolution, yep. that's the, just the evolution of time. You know, you look, you go all the way back to a corner, you know, go back to a corner, a little corner market, a little corner grocery store that got smushed by a supermarket coming in, you know? Take a look at a little small bodega type of convenience store that got smushed by a Wawa or a Quick Check or a Seven Eleven, right? Or yep. um, or uh, what are the ones down by down south that have the really good coffee, uh, like a Pilot, right, or or something like that, right? That just just got smashed. You know, take a look at uh, take a look at a small hardware store that got smashed by you know that gets smashed mm-hmm. by Home Depot. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you can't see that the people who behind the scenes have been buying all of the consumer data off of auto dealer websites, you know, off of automobile dealerships. If you can't see that these people 
are all they're doing is learning at a very, very small buy-in right now because yep. they're paying for the data off the websites. So all they're doing is learning at a small amount, at, this, at, at a small buy-in fee. At the same time, they're going from, you know, from selling one or two things online to selling 50, then from selling 50 to selling 500, then from selling 500 to 50,000, right? And then going all the way to the point of where, hey, you need somebody to come clean your house? Just come online. We'll send somebody. Oh, you need somebody to hang a TV for you? Come online, right? Come on, come on to our website. And we'll, we'll find somebody. We'll get somebody over there to hang a TV for you. As all they do is just building consumer confidence in their brand little by little by little by little by little by little. And then the next thing you know, they're selling cars. And what are they doing? They're bringing the car to the customer's house. They're letting the customer test going on extended test drives, 24-hour test drives. They're doing things like (laughs) dropping the car off for service. When it comes time for service, somebody comes and drops it off. Somebody comes and picks it back up again. They're They're going to wind up doing everything. And they're going to have the credibility because they never had the scumbag effect touch them in the first place because they were never a scumbag. All they've done from, you know, let's call it out. All Amazon has done from day one is increase convenience, increase speed, and in the process, increase customer confidence little by little by little. I'm not just saying, I'm not saying that it's just Amazon. It could be Google. It could be one of the, you know, one of the 50 to a hundred different companies that are buying website you know they're buying consumer behavior data off of dealership websites right now yep right could be any one of them we've seen a couple startups what do you think they're doing they're watching the startups fail they're Mm -hmm. looking for their mistakes they're looking to see what they you know what they've done right what they've done wrong they're just going to evolve into that so either we can get ahead of it and make it so that any one of those guys looks and says uh you know what the, you know what, the, the friggin' automotive industry, man, those guys got that tightened up, man. They've got yep. that locked in. I don't, I, I ain't dealing with that. Forget it. You know, that, that's got hundreds of years of, uh, hundreds of years to, to, to come back on. I don't want to try to disrupt that. Those guys disrupted themselves and they fixed themselves. Yep. You know, either that or, you know, I'm going to use Gary's line, either that or you're looking at yourself and in five years you're going to retire because like you're done. Exactly. You're right? done. If, you're done. So if that's the fact, then hey, fine, man. Be you know, live up to the suckers. Uh, live up to the to the. Um, so what I'm looking for, live up to the to the picture that like the movie suckers created. Go mm-hmm. ahead, you know, go for it. If you're gonna be, you know, if you're gonna be out in five years, but at the same time, if you're gonna be out in five years and you want to actually sell your place for top dollar, right, and top value because you've got a tremendous amount of units in operation and you've got a, you know, you've got an absorption rate that's in triple digits, you know, with like, and the first two digits are like a one and a five or a one and a seven, you know, if you, where you can get top dollar for it or you want to leave it to your kids or whatever. At least have something to leave. You won't have anything to leave if you're like that. Hey, and look, I'm not being disrespectful, but Josh, you're not that smart. Okay. Me, I'm not that smart. No. Okay. We're not the only ones saying this, though. And exactly. If, and and us, along with a lot of other people, we've got our eyes open, mm-hmm. and we're actually you know, and we're actually looking at this. So it it, it and what's the word? And if let's just say that we're wrong, let's say we're completely wrong, and there is nobody that's going to come up 
right? There's no, there's no friggin' boogeyman under the bed and there's no monster <laughs> in the closet. Okay. Okay. Just to say that that's the truth. Wouldn't you want to hedge your bet anyway? And wouldn't you want to do something like the things that we've been saying in your why buying and your added value message? Wouldn't you want to do that just to put yourself ahead of the competition so that you can get more units in operation and make more lifetime money? Exactly. You know, or, 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 it makes or, or, yeah. of a relationship. Yeah. Instead of and off of a transaction one time. Transaction. And then, and like you said, it's, it's, we have to take this business from being transactional to be in a relationship because we lose that relationship piece. Then an Amazon of the car business will come in and, and steal our cake. Mm-hmm. Do it. Like, and we won't be able to do anything about it. Like, let me give you, you know, we're going to go over on time, but whatever. Let me give you another example of, of one of these, right? Um, I recently did like a webinar type of conference type of thing for a few automobile dealership associations in Canada. Okay. okay. And during the course of it, there was, um, you know, who the gentleman who was moderating, Mike Cirillo, a lot of people know him. He's a great dude. So Mike said, hey, there's two guys here from that work in the medium and heavy, um, heavy truck industry, right? And they're, you know, they're wondering what, ki- what type of tips and everything you can give to them. Yeah. And I was like, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Number one, I shouldn't be giving tips to them. To be honest, they should be in front of the room and they should be giving tips out, talking about relationship selling because the whole medium and heavy truck industry is all built on relationship selling, you know? Exactly. Every- yeah, everybody that, you know, every single dude that runs a, you know, that runs like a fleet of like, say, for example, for a food warehouse or for mm-hmm. a, you know, uh, whatever would have a, a delivery company, whatever it would have like a, a small to medium sized fleet of trucks has a like Rick or a Bob that works over at the Volvo truck dealership or, or that works over at the Mack truck dealership or whatever. Right. And whenever they need anything, like they don't even think about calling every, anyone besides Rick or Bob, like those guys don't go online and search Mac, you know, 3,500, 3,500. I don't even know what the fucking models are. Right. You get my point. Like no, nobody does that. They take this thing and they call Hey Rick, I need a new truck. I need an eighteen foot body on it. I need a, you know, I need a, uh, a hydraulic lift on the back. How quick can you get it to me? And that's it. They should take them. They should rewind that and reverse engineer it all the way back to how did Rick get in front of that guy? Exactly. And then just scale that. Mm-hmm. You know. Exactly. And what is what is it? Relationships. Yeah. It's all, all based relationship. on relationships. Fucking Rick didn't lie to that guy one time or Rick, when the first time the guy called him on the phone, you know, Rick didn't say, yeah, sure. I can beat that price. When can you come in? You know, it was a whole, it was a whole different thing. It was a whole thing about, you know, like, Hey, do you have loaner trucks that you can give out? Hey, when, um, you know, do you have a, do you have a fleet? Do you guys have a fleet of tow trucks so that you can come and pick up my truck if it breaks down on the side of the road? And you know what I mean? Yeah. And stuff like that, because there was value. And there's also a tremendous amount of value in being able to pick up the phone and have Rick answer it and answer a question or get something, you know, or get you something that you need right away. Exactly. You know, so that relate relationship selling, man. It all comes down to relationship selling. Like we could have done the whole podcast by me just saying relationship selling. Relationship and then, selling. And then we could just, name it. 
Yeah, and then we could just tell more story, more stories about people falling asleep on planes. Hey, that's what that's what we're here for. Um, so I want to thank Frank. Obviously, Frank, you've been a, a mentor to me um, and a good friend, and and I appreciate everything that that you've done for me and the conversations we've had um, mean hell of a lot to me. And you know, they Frank, you too, you have you have your your show. Please plug that real quick for those who are listening that may not know so just a very very quick plug uh get more frank 365 every day or close to every day tough. Um, you know it's tough <laughs> it's tough uh, close to every day i um you know i put up a new video everything is under three minutes long it just you know get more frank so we just get right to the meat and potatoes right to the heart of whatever the message is i just deliver it to you really quick and it's always going to be something that is based on uh you know something that's of value to you you know whether it be motivational inspirational or whether it be a tactic i'll probably take you know i'll I'll probably take four or five little two-minute segments out of this you know out of this podcast and you know and chop them up into uh chop them up into videos for this and all you're going to get, like you'll probably get the goober joke out of it, for example, you know, um, it's worth <laughs> that, was, it. that was good, right? It that was, was actually, good. That was it actually was pretty good. good. I actually came up with that this morning in a Facebook message to somebody, but um, you know, it, and that's all it is. It's out there every day on, uh, on Facebook, on YouTube, very easy to find just hashtag get more Frank and you'll find it right away. Awesome. Appreciate it, Frank. And thank you guys for listening. Uh, tune in soon. Uh, don't know when I'm going to actually start doing this. I need to set a date. So you make need to in the comments. You see, look, look at everything that you just said, Josh. There was, there was a lot of wishy-washy, fucking non-committal type of like, you know, I don't know when I'm going to do this again. That, this is going to be done every you – know, look, I'm going to correct you right now. I'm your mentor, so here it comes. We're going to do this every single week. There is going to be a new – Every single auto. week it will happen. I don't know when the actual – so let's go with uh, – that, That's semantics. Nobody cares about that. Yeah, exactly. that's the logistical we'll, shit. We'll have yeah. it on there, and uh, appreciate Look you. forward to a new Auto Disruptor podcast every single week right here where you're seeing this now. It's going to be – you know, it's going to be there next week, the week after that, the week after that until Jesus comes back. You know, so make sure you tune in. See, that's how, see, that's why he's my mentor because he kicks my ass. Thank you guys for listening. See you later, man. The podcast you just heard was recorded with Anchor. If you want to make your own, download the Android or iOS app completely free from anchor.fm slash podcast. That's anchor.fm slash podcast.